lovely to have your company this morning. And uh, I'm so excited to continue our new series, Into the New. And uh, I'm wearing something rather special. I don't know if you can tell. Uh, I'm celebrating with my husband. I thought it was only right that uh, his, uh, bear with me, uh, as I explain, that Mike will uh, often use his team Liverpool as a sermon illustration. For 30 years, it has been 30 years since they have won an English Premier title in England, and on Friday they did it, and so, uh, it's, yeah, Mike's standing up. You don't need to clap, it's all good. <laughs> Um, I will be a Liverpool wife for life. Growing up, I grew up with two brothers and a dad that was mad about Liverpool, so it was only right, and I was only allowed to marry Mike because he was a Liverpool supporter. (laughs) True story. Uh, So, yeah, no, it's all good. Well, yeah, it's just so lovely to have your company. I'm I'm thinking, what is Mike going to use for sermon illustrations now? Me? I, find, I think sometimes I'm a walking sermon illustration. But last week, he, uh, last week he spoke a great word about um, living as a new creation, new creation living. And I just love that we celebrated baptisms this morning, which symbolized so beautifully, Kayla, as you said, um, that we have died and we are, our old life has been crucified. And as they r- rise out of the waters, we have a new life in Christ was uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says when anyone becomes a Christian, they become a brand new person inside. They are not the same anymore. A new life has begun. And I love that this new life we're given through what Jesus did on the cross. You know, we're not to go digging in our past, but we are to uh, know that uh, Jesus is making us new. I love Revelation 21.5 that says, Behold, I am making all things new. Love that. Such a wonderful promise for us. Well, just a few weeks ago, our youngest child, Zoe, had her first full day at primary school. She turned five in lockdown, and uh, I think it will be something she always remembers, starting her schooling journey in lockdown. I think it will be something I always remember, that I am not cut out to be a school teacher. I am definitely not a, uh, a homeschool high-achieving mum, let me just tell you. Uh, year seven maths almost tipped me over the edge, and I have a new appreciation for my children's teachers. So Zoe started school, and uh, she, in her primary school, is given the term a newbie. So a newbie is a new entrant student in the ropes. And I said to Zoe, I said, well, darling, how long do you stay a newbie for? And she says, oh, I think it's about a year, mummy. Well, just on Friday, she informs me that there are newer newbies than her. And she is no, can I share this story on Sunday? She says it'll cost you five bucks per service. She is definitely not a newbie anymore. I was like, she's learned from her brothers and sisters. This this illustration is costing me $10. So cute. Uh, But I just love that thought, actually, that um, we need to keep that sense of newness in our faith, don't we? In our walk with Jesus. And this message really has come out of, I suppose, what God has been speaking to me this year, which we spent a majority of it so far, uh, in lockdown, in a very different year than what we thought we might encounter And I've entitled it Willing Wineskins because I want to have a willing and surrendered heart because it is just my prayer that each of one of us might be able to reconfirm, reaffirm our willingness to say, Jesus, 
would you come and bring new wine out of me? We're going to read a passage in Luke's gospel in chapter 5, where Jesus uses three metaphors to teach about the kingdom of God that he came to bring. And uh, what I find really interesting is that the context of where these passages that we're going to read fits in the scripture is that Jesus is calling the disciple Levi, so also known as Matthew. Now, Levi was a tax collector, so he was a Jew that had chosen mints, not a popular guy, not somebody that everybody liked and wanted to hang out with. And Jesus said, come, follow me, Matthew, leave your old life behind, close down your very successful business and come and follow me. And Matthew was so impacted by party and Uh, amongst the people, of course, were his tax-collecting friends and sinners, and Jesus came, and they were sharing a meal. So they were feasting and celebrating. And uh, some of John the Baptist's disciples, they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, why are your disciples not fasting like us? These uh, disciples of John the Baptist fasted way more than they needed to, about two times a week. And they're like, hey, why are they feasting and we're fasting? And Jesus says, I'm the bridegroom. I'm the bridegroom. No one fasts when the bridegroom is present. There will come a time for that fasting later. And then he goes on to use two more metaphors, and I want to read them out to you this morning from Luke 5, 36 to 39. And Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the patch, new patch wouldn't match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine, my friends, needs to be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Let's pray. Father God, I just, I thank you for the privilege of meeting together in person. Lord, we do not take that for granted. I thank you, Lord, for working and moving in our hearts. And I just pray that, Lord, we would walk out these doors different. Father, I pray for your continued transformation by your Holy Spirit of uh, new creations, new creations in Christ. And Father, I do pray uh, that you would speak to us this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, what I find really interesting about this passage in Luke is that this uh, story is told in two other Gospels. But in Luke's um, recount of the story, he's the only one that talks uh, right at the end that no one will like, no one drinks the old wine uh, and they don't want the new wine. Uh, They want, you know, to stay with the old. And I'm just like, isn't that so indicative of us as humans? We are creatures of habit. We like our comfort. We like our routines. And you know, one of the things I did love about lockdown was I have a favorite pair of, uh, I guess you could call them just track pants. They're super old. To be honest, (laughs) they're not really ones that I want to show anybody, but hey, they're so comfortable. I wore them for like, felt like, you know, three months. It was the best thing ever. But you know, (laughs) about three weeks into lockdown, I found myself craving for days of old gone by. Days where I could pack my children's lunches and my husband's and send them out the door (laughs) to school or work. Going, Lord, I just want to go back to normal. 
I just want to go back to the way things were. You know, this was fun for a couple of weeks. Like church online was fun for a couple of weeks, having church in my jammies. That was awesome. But you know what? God, it's really not that much fun anymore. And so, you know, I felt like God had spoken to me to say, you know, Amy, who said that your normal was actually, was actually great? You know what? I actually have a new normal for you to step into. You know, I have some things that I want to remove from your life. I want to bring some clarity and, and a newness in, in, in your walk with me. I felt like God was drawing me to a deeper place of intimacy with him. He's like, let me teach you a new way. Let me teach you a new rhythm of grace. He was saying, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do things. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live light and free. You know, Canon J. John, who was here uh, in Easter last year, he has this amazing quote that says, if your output exceeds your input, then your upkeep will be your downfall. And I just found that so profound. It was just like right in here because I went, I'm in deficit, God. My output is exceeding my input. And no longer will I continue to live like that. Lord, Lord, I for you to pour yourself into. You know, wine in the Bible has, uh, it has a variety of uses. Uh, you know, you can see it right from Genesis. It can be a symbol of indulgence but it also can be a symbol of blessing and abundance. Wine was part of the drink offering, and it symbolized a life being poured out in service to God. It was part of Machilzadek's blessing on Abraham and the blessing that Isaac gave to Jacob and the Israelites. One of the first mentions of new wine is in Genesis 27, 28. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. This new wine spoke of the promises that God uh, had for Abraham, for Isaac, for Jacob, for the whole Israelite family. And those promises, we have been grafted into those promises through Jesus. Because in the New Testament, we see that that new wine is Jesus himself. New wine is Jesus and his teaching and what he came to bring He's the promised Messiah and Savior of the world. It was Jesus' blood that was poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. None of us are righteous. We all are sinners, every single one of us. There's nothing we could do to get our lives right with God. And that's why Jesus came. And he poured his life out as an offering. His blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins that Jesus brings and the transformation into a new creation through his spirit. I think it's also important to note that new wine is made from grapes that have been through a pressing or a crushing process. The Hebrew translation of new wine is something to the, along the likes of freshly pressed, squeezed, expelled, and trodden out. These, these grapes have been trodden underfoot. Wine has been produced under pressure. So if you feel like the season has been a pressing and a crushing time for you. You know what? Can I encourage you to lift up your hands, to open your hearts this morning? Because not only does new wine reflect God's promises and his word and his faithfulness, but it is the outpouring of his Holy Spirit to transform us into a new creation. You know, we don't create new wine. 
That's God's job. That's his gift. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. But we need to be ready. We need to be ready to receive it. And this is what I felt God speak, wineskin, Lord, because maybe I've got a little bit old. Maybe I've got a little bit unflexible. And Jesus, I want you to make new wine out of me. So in the, just in the few minutes we've got left, a new wineskin in your notes, I believe, needs to be willing first to die to self. I hate to state the obvious, but in order to have something new, a new wineskin, something has to die first. And in uh, first century Judaism, uh, that most often was an animal, a goat, a goat skin. Wineskins were made most often from the skins of goats, and they were formed um, a watertight edge. You see, the wineskin was a vessel, and vessels are a symbol for people. Vessels are a symbol for us, and it's only when we have died to self can we live as a new creation. You know, Mike talked about that. When we come to Jesus, we don't get an upgrade. We get an entirely new life in Christ. We need to be born again, born again of water, baptized, repent and be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. The New Testament talks so much about our old self and our new life. Speaking in Galatians 2.20, that says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And this life that I now live, I live by faith, trusting in the Son of God who gave his... It's easy to live out, is it? You know, I don't know if some of you might find this hard to believe, but I've never had a desire or ambition to be a pastor. Some people might love the thought of the title, of the position, but that's just not me in all honesty. And if it, was to be, if it was my choice, I would happily be making coffee on the cafe team. In fact, all of our roles are so important. But for me, our role and our calling is dying to self. Maybe dying to what I would like to do and actually following the call that God has on Mike and Mai's life, that he has called me, that he has chosen me. And so I will live in, in obedience to him. There's a saying with our dream team, Lord, thank you for choosing me. We're all part of his dream team, and we've all got a part to play. But firstly, we need to die to ourselves, to our selfishness, to our old mindsets, to maybe some things that we would rather be doing and follow Jesus. Take up our cross and follow Jesus. You know, new wine can't, can't be contained in a vessel that is not prepared to die to self, that is not prepared to change. We must be prepared to be willing to change. Secondly, to be new wine, as I understand it, new wine, as it ages, it expands. And so you can understand why Jesus said you can't put new wine in an old wineskin. If it was in an old wineskin that was um, worn and expanded, that new wine is going to cause it to burst open. You see, what Jesus came to teach, and to, it, couldn't, it couldn't patch up the old religious system of the day. It couldn't be contained in the wineskin of worn-out traditions. Jesus' teaching couldn't be superimposed on the old ways, he came to bring a new way. I love how the P 
Passion Translation puts Matthew 9, 17. And who would pour fresh new wine into an old wineskin? Eventually the wine would ferment and make the wineskin burst, losing everything. The wine is spilled and the wineskin ruined. Instead, new wine is always poured into new wineskins, so both are preserved. You know, I love that the church of, of Jesus Christ, it has looked different, hasn't it, over the ages, but the message remains the same. The gospel has not changed. We are sinners in need of acts. We want a fresh new outpouring of the Holy Spirit because God seldom does the same thing. And I love that as a church, we have remained pliable in this very, uh, you know, very traumatic, difficult time of a global health pandemic. I love, we're going to remain pliable. We're going to take church online. And I love that we have an online campus. I think Pastor Steve was saying we saw over 300 people make first time or recommitments online. I love that. I love that. If you are a small group leader in this place, give me a wave. So I just want to honor you and I want to thank you for remaining pliable and flexible. To some of you, this was more of a challenge than others. Having to embrace new technology, having to get lessons on how to do video messagings. And, and, and you know, I'd never heard of Zoom. My dad goes, should we Voomy, Amy? I mean, I said, Dad, it's a Zoom, not a Voomy. <laughs> should we Zoomy? Uh, but I love that. You know, we need to remain pliable and flexible. I love that we took our growth track online, and now you can sign up for July today. If God has been stirring in your heart to make Elam your home, if it's in that you need to hear from God and work out the purpose and the giftings that he has got on your life, then growth track, my friend, is the course for you. Do you know that we are running weeks one and four at our nine o'clock service, so here at Elam, and we're doing weeks two and three online because it works, because we want to remain pliable and flexible for the new wine that God wants to bring. You know, personally, Mike and I have had to remain pliable. Uh, about a year ago, Mike sp uh, God spoke to Mike about writing a new series of children's books for a new generation. And uh, so he began that journey, got an amazing illustrator. And the day New Zealand got locked down was the day Mike's first book cleared customs. And I'm going, God, what are you doing? This is not great timing. But you know what? God is faithful. And when we remain pliable and flexible and open to the new, do you know that we were able to launch Mike's book online? We were able to take it on platforms that weren't around 10 years ago, like Facebook and New Zealand made products and the, it went crazy. Like Rosie had a part-time job over lockdown. In fact, she was very well skilled. Um, you know, and you know what? God has been so faithful. And it's all glory to him that, you know what, next week um, we're just uh, able to, to give people an opportunity in all of our seven campuses to, to purchase a copy of this book. But we have saved you copies because from probably from next Sunday, we will run out. We are about to send another print run of this first book. And the second book, like God is faithful if we remain pliable to the dreams he puts in our hearts. You know, God is looking for people who, who will be a flexible vessel for him to use. And so as I have been asking myself these questions, Amy, what old mindsets, what old ways, old means do you need to let go of? I was so busy all the time. I just felt so full 
You know, what God was saying to me also, what new things, new ways, new opportunities should I be picking up in this next season? I encourage you to ask those questions of the Lord and he will answer you. And my last thought as the team would like to come is that a new wineskin must be willing to be emptied, to be filled. Be emptied, to be filled. You know, Mike and I um, have so enjoyed watching uh, the season called The Chosen. And I don't know if you have heard about this, but go and look and search for the app called The Chosen, Life of Christ. Fantastic. It is a new wineskin. It's an original series. It's the highest crowdfunded media project of all time. Total new way of funding and total of people being able to get on board. It's never happened before. The way you can share it is new. The way you can donate and be a part of it is new. You see, Jesus and his message was new. And in episode five of The Chosen, uh, it's called The Wedding Gift. And I was mostly most impacted by this because I was writing this sermon because this is Jesus' first miracle of his public ministry is at a wedding in Cana where his mother is present and he brings his disciples along with him. And there was a problem. They had run out of wine. A major problem, major embarrassment. And Jesus' mother goes to Jesus and he says, it's not my time. And I don't know why he chose to to do it anyway. Maybe it was the compassion that he had and love for his mother. But he says this to the servants, or Mary says, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby in John 2 were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it. And when the MC tasted, uh, the, tasted the water, which was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, although the servants, of course, knew, he says this, a host always serves the best wine first. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. You know, there are new miracles to be received, church, but they must be poured into a heart made new. And just like those water jars were empty before Jesus filled them, we too need to empty ourselves of clutter, of the busyness, of the worries of life, the distractions, the sin, whatever it is holding us back. We need to empty ourselves. That's our job. Because God's job is to pour that new wine in. And I was so impacted by that. And Paul speaks of this, of the infilling of the Holy Spirit as compared and contrasted to drinking wine. He said, don't be drunk with wine. It'll ruin your life. But instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There is new power. There is new freedom. Amen. And the kingdom of God is here. Jesus wants to pour his new wine into you. Are you ready? Are you ready to receive that? Are there some things like me that maybe you just say, God, I just repent. I'm so sorry that I've cluttered my life. Lord, I just empty myself because I want you to fill me. 
I want to die to self. I want to remain pliable and flexible so I can carry your new wine to a people lost without you. You know, it is only through the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus poured out on the cross for you and I, for the forgiveness of our sins. As I said, the symbol of the new covenant that all the promises that new wine brings is symbolized, is available to us. You know, it's available to us. Nothing we've done and everything Jesus has done. And it is a gift of grace. And my friends, if you don't know Jesus, if you're here today, maybe because a friend brought you and you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior, or maybe you've once known him, but you know you're just not where you should be. And it's time to come home. God is calling you home. God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. But we have a problem and it's called sin. And each one of us have sinned. We've fallen short of God's standard. And that's why Jesus came. That's why God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to invite you, as Jesus said, come to his disciples, follow me. Jesus is calling to your heart. He is knocking on the door of your heart saying, come, come follow me, be a part of my family. There is room for you, my friend. There is no shame. There is no sin. There is no guilt that can separate you from the love of God. And so before we finish with a beautiful song, I just want to extend an invitation You know, here at Elam, we love to pray a prayer together. And if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, to surrender your life, three things will happen. Your past sin is forgiven. You receive a new life in Christ today and an eternal hope for your future. Come on, church, let's pray. We love to pray this out loud. And if you pray this prayer and you mean it from your heart, God will hear your prayer and He will save you. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior of this world. Today I make you Jesus, the Lord of my life. I believe you died for me to forgive my sin. I believe you rose again to give me life. I receive this new life. Please forgive me. Be my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, fill me. Jesus, make new wine out of me. In Jesus' name, amen. And with every head bowed and eye still closed, I would just love just to take another minute just to say, would you do something brave for me? If you prayed that prayer for the first time or coming back to God, your next step, could be in the count of three when I count in just a moment to lift your hand and say, yeah, Amy, that was me. I prayed that prayer. We would love to get alongside you and help you in this journey of following Jesus. So number one, God loves you. Number two, he's got a great plan for your life. And number three, you can lift your hand if you said yes to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you so much down the front here. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else? Amazing. Best decision you'll ever make. So awesome. When a church, we're going to be blessed with a beautiful item. 
And uh, I requested this song because it has impacted me so greatly over lockdown. And you know, wherever you find yourself, if it is your heart's cry to say, Lord, I am willing. Lord, make me your vessel. Lord, make me your offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing but all that you've given me. Jesus, make I pray for you before, before we just are blessed. Lord, I just thank you for my family. Father God, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would bring new wine out of us. Father, Lord, for the things that have held us back, distracted us. Lord, where we've taken our eyes off you. Lord, the worries, the cares of this world, the sin that so easily entangles us. Lord, we just say, we have repent, we're sorry, forgive us. Lord, I ask that you would wash over our hearts, that there would be a renewed commitment and passion to serve you, Father, with a fire, Lord, and a new wine. Lord Jesus, I pray that we'd be flexible. I pray that we'd be pliable in your hands, that we'd be an offering that, Lord, would be poured out in service to you. Jesus, I pray for my beautiful family, and I pray you'd bless them in Jesus' name.